We got Scotty Melvin and it's Beat the Round Guy, my favorite show ever. The show that I always like to say built the network. It's the first show that really, really got any traction. Uh, Scotty, uh, glad to see you with us. Hey, glad to be here. I'm uh, getting ready for another Friday night of football here in just a couple of short days. Well, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, you and I both went to a JV game. Could you give me some impressions? Uh, you got to see one of my favorite teams, the Moravia Mohawks. Uh, uh, it looked like they were kind of flying high out there. Yeah, they uh, they won the game. I don't remember the final. It, it's uh, one of them deals. I, when I'm at a JV game, I, there, there's a lot of stuff I'm taking in, so I wasn't paying super close attention to all that. You know, you're you're going to see some some things that are well, I, what I would call uh, kids learning how to play. One thing that was kind of fun to watch for me uh, on the Waco side there was Big Adam Stafford playing on the offensive line. We know he's accomplished on the defensive line already just a couple of games into the season here, but uh, he's getting some reps out there at the JV team. He's only a sophomore and uh, learning a little bit on that uh, that O-line, so I can't wait to see how that pays off for him down, uh, down the road in his varsity career. Yeah, uh, well, I was at the, uh, the Fairfield-Fort Madison game, and I'm telling you, baby, Fairfield's got a bright future. they got a lot of great players. There's a lot, you know, a lot of smart, heads-up players. Uh, the seventh grade, uh, I watched the seventh grade. They, they won big. Uh, Fairfield won big. So there's a lot of great things going on. Uh, uh, I want to put it out there that uh, um, we're going to do some updates of the Sigourney Mount uh, uh, Mid-Prairie game Friday uh, as uh, Andy McGuire is going to call me at the end of each quarter and just give okay. me the highlights of each quarter. And we'll, we'll, we'll put that up uh, Friday. So we're going to keep keep going on that. I'm going to get a peaking game in there as uh, 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 soon as possible. But, Scotty, we got a lot of great matchups to talk about. Are you ready to talk some football? I'm ready. All right. Well, uh, we got a couple teams uh, each have some sponsors. Uh, as the Fairfield Trojans, uh, I believe they head to uh, – well, that's a home game. Washington Demons uh, go uh, uh, to play Fairfield. Uh, uh, the Washington Demons are sponsored by Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, as well as uh, Toyota Transmission and Repair. Fairfield uh, is sponsored by by the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa, and Iowa Tire of Fairfield, Iowa. Well, uh, this matchup is is a um, a pretty dang good one. It's a marquee matchup, which there's many of those this week. Um, talk to me a little bit about this game, Scotty. Well, both teams are one and one coming into this one. Uh, Fairfield won their first game, of course, and then dropped that nail-biter to Fort Madison a week ago. Washington uh, started out uh, the gate against Oskaloosa. is looking like a pretty tough Oskaloosa team, um, at least as far as this area goes. I know they're in the bigger bigger class there in 4A. Uh, but Washington hung with them pretty good. And then Washington, I think, surprised a bunch of us uh, last week. We were uh, talking about worrying that uh, the physicality of the Burlington Greyhounds would would take over if Washington couldn't get any offense going and boy, they got it going and they, uh, they walloped the Greyhounds, you know, 32 to seven. So they're riding high right now. Uh, Fairfield had a, what I consider a really great, uh, night against Fort Madison outside of putting points on the board. They, they showed they can drive the ball they They've got some power. They've got some speed. They've got a lot of numbers and depth, uh, really good line player, good special teams, a lot going for the Trojans here. This is going to be a tough one. It's a classic rivalry, toss-up game. 
Um, you, you hear me make the joke a lot, and with all that stuff that's in the news with college football right now, anytime I talk about putting money on a game, just know that I hate gambling in the first place, and I would never lose my money for no reason. But if I were that type, this is one where I'd skip it and move on to something a little bit more sure, because I, I couldn't call this one either way. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, Trojans are going to um, be glad they're at home, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, after talking to Jeff, Mills, uh, who was at the game last week, he couldn't stop raving about raving about Logan McDowell. Um, he said he he just he seems to have taken a lot of steps forward. Um, you know, uh, we were seeing his his progress. He was making some progress, uh, but I think everything came together. He made some great reads. He made some great passes. He made some great decisions. He made some great runs. Uh, what about Logan McDowell? What are we going to see out of this kid? Well, he's a dual threat. Um... I know he's athletic. I know more about him. I think I think from uh, from from basketball than football. And he had some varsity action last year, but I think largely defensively. Um, on offense, he might have done some receiver. I'm not I'm not really sure. But Washington was more of a power team last year. They ran it a lot. Him stepping into quarterback didn't shock me a bit. I knew he could throw the ball, but uh, I think it's his legs that are. Um, going to make the difference for the demons a lot this year. And it's not because they don't have some other capable ball carriers or whatever. It's just that they're going to put the hand, the ball in the hands of Logan McDowell. It looks a lot to me like whether it be a run play or, or a pass play and uh, let him make a decision whether or not to hand it off. You know, the, uh, the, the option is there and he's shown to be capable of, of leading the charge when it comes to rushing the ball uh, as well as throwing. So, Early on, it looks like the demon season is going to go as he goes, and that's not a that is not a bad thing at all because uh, he's a very capable athlete, and uh, I think they're going to win a lot of games, and, and they're going to do it um, with him leading the charge. Well, um, I talked to a lot of people, seem to be in the know about Fairfield Trojans a little bit, and uh, uh, they say they're when they're weak at is throwing the ball. You know, they're really not able to throw the ball right now. Uh, if they could add that dimension. Um, uh, uh, it might help them, but what about Fairfield Trojans' big play capabilities? You saw them firsthand last week. Uh, looked like a pretty stout defense. Looks like a, a an offense that can definitely move the ball. What is Fairfield going to have to do to, to stay in this game and come out on top? Well, they, I wouldn't go so far after seeing them in person to say that they can't throw the ball. It's not their forte. It's not what they want to do, at least not a lot. Um, but there were some nice pass plays that, that were made. Of course, they got picked off a bunch. But again, I would put some of that on the fact that uh, Fort Madison was playing some really stellar defense. Both teams really were lights out defensively much of that game. Now, Fairfield's got uh, what I would call kind of a traditional I-form power run game thing that they're doing, with a, what I call a fullback and a tailback. And uh, the fullback was stymied quite a bit against Fort Madison, but but the, the some of the outside runs were were there, and they've got speed to hit the edge that can be gone in a flash. And I don't remember everybody's name, but the the one young man that got uh, hurt with a concussion and had to come out after for the entire second half, uh, I believe it's uh, Lucas. He might, you know, that might have made a little bit of a difference for Fairfield in that game. Um, would they have won if he had played the whole second half and hadn't been hurt? There's no way to know. Uh, but he definitely was one of two kids that had a lot of speed, and they do have big playability from anywhere on the field. If they can get one of them two fellows loose, uh, Washington's a tough defensive team, 
going to be going to be hard to do that. They're going to be creative. They're going to have to probably fool the demons a little bit here and there to get some of those plays to open up. That's kind of what you do with the fullback. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. This game could play out a lot of different ways. Again, there's no way I would pick one over the other. I guess if you had to give somebody a slight edge, you'd give the home team an edge. And that's one thing I'd push back on 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 Scott there from uh, from the the duo that calls the Burlington Greyhounds games. I don't think he realizes what uh, a factor that uh, 12th man can be in these smaller schools around here in Southeast Iowa. I've been watching it for a lot of years, and it is definitely check the records. Washington wins at home a lot. It may not be a thing in Burlington. That's a really big town, and so the the vibe is different there. The dynamics different in a town like that. But in these small towns. You're talking like a Washington case field, 7,000 people in the town of Washington, and a large percentage of them turning out on a Friday night. I assure you, it makes things a little bit tougher on the opponent. Most definitely. Well, uh, the last thing I want to say about this game is, uh, uh, you know, I talk about special teams all the time, but I don't see anybody doing it better than the Fairfield Trojans. I mean, uh, they had one extra point blocked, but they made every other one uh the kick game, the punt game, the uh, uh, the defense, the 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 guys that can burn it down the field and get you some good field position, or even take it to the house. They got all that, don't they? Yeah, I think so. And like I said, even setting up their wedge was the thing that was killing me. It was it was really fun to watch when they'd return a kick, um, and with that speed coming through that they have uh, with their return guys, <laughs> they're you better watch out because they could they could end up. Uh, uh, stealing a victory from you. If you're doing well on them defensively throughout the game, they could steal one from somebody on, off their special teams. It wouldn't shock me a bit. They really are well-rounded on the special teams, and uh, they're a lot of fun to watch. And I think, uh, like I said it before, anybody that's struggling with theirs might want to take a look at some game film on the Fairfield Trojans. Well, if you want to see a good game, I highly recommend that one. But if you want to see a good game, I also highly recommend this one. Is This is a marquee matchup. And it's the Mid Prairie Golden Hawks going to Sigourney, uh, Sigourney Kyoto. Uh, Sigourney Kyoto Cobras went there last time and uh, uh, came out uh, on the short end of the stick. But um, again, the home field advantage was big then, and I think it's big Friday. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'll say that every time. I think the home field advantage with when we're talking to smaller schools, and now we're going down into the 1A, 2A realm here is a big factor. Um, Sigurd, these, these two teams to me are kind of on opposite trajectories as maybe they were a year ago. I can't quite remember how mid Prairie season started out, but we all know Sigourney Kyoto went what? zero and three through the uh, non-district part of their schedule while they sorted things out. They don't look like that team this year. Yeah. I know they dropped the close one in game one against PCM. They probably could have, should have won that game. Um, mid Prairie, on the other hand, they're they're zero two and have had a couple of really tough opponents right out of the gate. Smaller schools, though, uh, we're talking Regina and Wilton, and but very highly regarded smaller schools. Um, so they're zero two, staring at a shot at going zero three before they get into their district play. Um, but it won't be the end of the world for them. They have a lot of winnable games in their district, and I have a feeling they'll right the ship there. I, I would give Sigourney Kyoto the edge in this one. They just have shown us uh, quite a bit more so far, two games into the season. I've got uh, big hopes for the Cobras this year. And uh, the Golden Hawks, I think, will end up making a play for a playoff berth before this thing's all said and done. I just don't think that they're going to get that first victory uh, Friday night against Sigourney Kyoto. Well, did you get a chance to look into that Sigourney um, uh, Kyoto uh, 
Minneapolis game last week? Um, as far as what stats? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm just it was a a, a pretty impressive performance by SK. Well, I, I'm sure it was. I I have not seen any tape or um, any stats on it. I know that one thing I like talking about since he got into the program there is uh, the fact that I I love Coach Jensen's single wing three yards in a cloud of dust beat him into submission thing. I, I grew up around that kind of football. And I still think it's a thing of beauty, but I, I've also noticed over the years that if you are that type of team and you've also got a home run threat, you are potentially really lethal uh, out there. And they have that with Isaac Bruns. He showed it with that big 90 uh, plus yard run the other night that uh, in a way kind of made put things out of reach because it was only a three score game and they, the Cobras had all three of the scores. So yeah, the, they held Minneapolis to shut out. Um, I was impressed by that. Not completely shocked. Um, the one thing I said following the game week one that I was at, Mediapolis hosting Columbus, was these were two high-caliber teams, but one had a lot more depth, a lot more bodies, fresh legs to, to put to use. And I said week two, that advantage disappears when they uh, hit the road to Sigourney Kyoto, and it showed. Well, uh, i got some sponsors I really need to mention in, in this game here. Uh, Mid-Prairie has a... Um, both Jen Fagan uh, of Neighbors Insurance, and they have a uh, uh, Kyoto uh, Transmission and Repair, uh, who are also sponsors of SK, uh, along with, uh, oh, let me see, I got a, a big list of them here. So many of them. Uh, let's see, Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Henshaw Trailers, Hills of Richland, Iowa, um, Richardson's Tech Solutions of Richland, Iowa, Farmers. Uh, Co-op uh, uh, and Vision Ag uh, uh, are both sponsors of SK, and so is the Packwood Locker, including uh, uh, soon-to-be Griner Meats of Richland, Iowa. Uh, uh, well, that that is a uh, – I don't know what else to say about it. It's going to be a great game, and it always is. Those two schools are close. There's a, 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 I'm sure Mid Prairie will bring a lot of people down there to the snake pit, and shoulder pads will be popping in that game, uh, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, this is a, you know, for all intents and purposes, this is a rivalry game, um, even though these two ever end up in the same district or maybe even classification, but they seem to play year in and year out, and it's a tough one. They're two of our better programs in Southeast Iowa, so um, I expect it to be hard fought. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by a similar score as what we saw last week uh, with uh, Sigourney Kyoto versus Mediapolis, something that's in the low definitely in the low range of, uh, of things for both teams. Well, um, we're going to move on to a marquee matchup, and I really, really like this matchup. Uh, and a couple sponsored teams. First, the Van Buren Warriors will be, uh, who are sponsored by uh, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa. Uh, and the Highland Huskies are sponsored by both Vision Ag and Farmers Co-op of Richland, Iowa. Uh uh, two teams that are 0-2, two, two teams that are looking to get a win and get their th their season straightened out. It's a marquee matchup in my book because this is is a, a, a one to keep an eye on and, and a really important game for both of these schools. Uh, you got any thoughts on this game? Um, you know, I was kind of high on Highland uh, making some strides forward coming into the season, and I know we're only two games in. Van Buren. Dropping down from 2A, I thought that's great for them. Um, having said that, they've got a 
pretty brutal schedule to try to navigate this year. So I'm not shocked that they're 0-2 coming out of the gate, uh, especially with a central lead team that's garnering some statewide attention right now. Um, being one of the games on their schedule that I thought they might be more competitive in. Highland hasn't been competitive in two weeks, uh, bottom line. And they faced the North Cedar team in week one that, unless they've really done a, a 180, has struggled mightily in the last few seasons. Um, and I thought they had a good shot at starting out the season one and no there, and, and uh, the, the game wasn't even close. And then last week, Danville, that team that I like to refer to as the expansion team, although we know that's misleading, they, they've been playing football there, just not as a standalone school. And we knew that they were going to be dangerous coming in, so I'm not shocked that they put it to Highland. But... I got to I got to go with Van Buren in this one. I if I was going to pick a team, I think Van Buren's uh yeah, they got the two losses and they've taken it on the chin a little bit, but I'm seeing a little bit more from them than I'm seeing from Highland uh so far this year. So uh is somebody's going to, you know, bust out of the old winless column here. Um like I said, if I had to make a pick, I'm picking Van Buren in this one. Well, um the thing I don't know is is how good Danville is. Uh um they're like call them an expansion team. Uh, I don't know they get beat like fifty-one to fourteen or something against uh, uh, Louisa uh, or uh, uh, against uh, Linville Sully, which yeah, I don't think that, that's that, I don't think that's distress, uh, uh, that that's a, a, a bad performance at all against the Linville Sully. What do you think? You know, that that game didn't get away. It took a while to snowball on, so that it was competitive for a while, and that's a pretty darn big deal to me when we're talking. Uh, uh, the very first game for, like I said, a school that has been playing in a co-op situation or what have you, sharing agreement, whatever you want to call it, and is now in their first season back to playing football in several years as a standalone, you expect a team like that to probably take it on the chin most Friday nights, especially going right out of the gate against a state power like Linville Sully. And they hung around in that game, and they made some plays. And like Coach Parkinson said, man, they got, they've got good and big athletes there. I think we're going to see some uh, yeah, he was, some out of Danville this year. He was, so I here, here's what I don't know, and I think I'll find that out this week. Are are the are the Danville Bears that good, or or is Highland that bad? And I think that's I think we need to, to I need to, I think we need to see more out of Danville, and I think we need to see this game uh, with Van Buren here. But do you agree that this might be a really great game? It could be a really great game. Um, me being the the old curmudgeon I am that likes to focus on big money stuff, <laughs> you know, it's not one I'm going to keep a close eye on uh, because I there's too many other huge. <laughs> well, there's huge some, there's some big big ones, and we're going to talk about one next. <laughs> Sorry about that, but the Waco Warriors are making the. I don't even have to put any gas in the bus to get there. I think it's like 14 miles uh, to Winfield Mount Union. For what's always a great game. I mean, I would if neither one of these teams had a win, this would be a a, a sold out game uh, with Scotty Melvin at fifty yard line. I'm sure. Uh, but uh, this round guy game of the week is the number two Winfield Mount Union Wolves hosting the number five Waco Warriors. Uh, I know you got a lot to say about this game. Well, there's there's not a lot to say. Um, we've been waiting for this one since the last time these guys matched up last year because we knew what the Warriors were a year ago. We knew the Wolves were kind of shorthanded and not having quite the, the type of season they were hoping for. Um, 
but we also knew that so many of those guys would be back. And if the numbers came up a little bit and now they've tweaked the offense with a, a great addition, uh, of uh, Jake Edwards, a quarterback, and moving Cole Milks around. Now he's doing damage all over the place offensively. Uh, the floodgates have opened for the Wolves, and this is a very dangerous team. They're at home in a rivalry game. Um, it's a very dangerous one for them because this is a very good Waco Warriors team. This is not a team that's taken a step back, even with uh, <clears throat> the, the losses they had uh, to graduation from that state um, runner-up team last year. Having said that, after seeing what Winfield Mount Union did with uh, New London last week, and I know New London's definitely taking a step back with numbers and youth and a new coach and all that stuff, the Wolves seem to have that added uh, revenge tour mindset going on there. That's what that's what it struck me as. Uh, they are not taking any prisoners. They are showing no mercy. This is what I wanted to see out of them last year, and I think it was there when they were fresh, but they, they spent some of the year beat up. And if that does not happen this season – they're going to be really hard to beat. And, uh, you know, they've got every advantage that they need to have and that they would want to have in this game, which for my money, again, this here's the district championship. I just, you know, after seeing, I thought Iowa Valley would be in the mix. And I think they are a very good team, but Waco had no trouble with them a week ago. I just don't see anybody in the district anywhere close to Waco or Winfield Mount Union. And so this, this game is huge. It decides a lot. Uh, both teams probably headed to the postseason regardless of how this thing shakes out, and we could see a rematch. Now, how, how is that for excitement? Well, it's 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 going to be excitement. I know you're going to be right there with bells on uh, uh, to see this thing live and in person. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I hate to simplify this so much, but you tell me where I'm wrong. Low-scoring game Waco wins. High-scoring game Winfield wins. It, it, uh, uh I think it's as simple as that. What do you think? I think it's a fair assessment. Um, again, I I, I would uh, say from my my viewpoint that nothing will shock me here. But I think a, a low-scoring game definitely is playing in favor of the Waco Warriors. They uh, predicated themselves on a stingy, stingy defense. This is going to put them to the test like nobody else's business Friday night because uh, the Wolves have more weapons you can shake a stick at, especially for an eight-player. Um, the high-scoring game, I think, definitely favors the Wolves. So I think I think you're right. I think this one will come down to, you know, the tempo of the game. Um, almost reminds me a little bit of what I saw over at Winfield Mount Union last year when they, when they played a very good stacked New London team. It was kind of a foot race. Uh, that's something I think Waco probably doesn't want to get into with, with Winfield Mount Union because last year – uh, Winfield Mount Union could could stick in those games and win those games this year. I think they would overwhelm anybody that's trying to, uh, you know, win on offense alone. I think uh, the Warriors are going to have to have a good game plan defensively, and they're going to have to execute, probably force some turnovers, and we'll see how it happens. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty fair assessment there. Low score, Waco's favor. Uh, high score being Winfield Mount Union's favor. Well, uh, there's some X factors in this game, and I'm going to throw them out there. And you, uh, number one X factor is Jake Edwards. Uh, um, Jake Edwards has his team flying high. There's no question about it. And the second X factor is Milks. You know, I mean, Buffington and Edwards are the massive, massive threats. But Milks is just standing there. If you don't, if you cover those or double team those other guys and leave Milks open, he's going to kill you. 
Yeah, he's not the only one. They got Carter Lloyd. They got they got a host. Eli Miller always plays really well. Um, a lot of X factors, really. Uh, how how well how well will Winfield Mount Union's line protect against a another stellar defensive line? Uh, you know, coming at them from Waco with Waterhouse, Lichty on the bookends, and and Big Adam Stafford in the middle. Um, it's not going to be an easy task, and line play could dictate a lot. Well, this is this is the other marquee matchup I'm, I want to ask you about, and it's it's uh, um, Abram Edwards uh, against Lichty. Uh, um, see who can block, and you know, I mean, because uh, uh, Jake Edwards is looking like, or I mean, uh, 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 Abram Edwards looking like the best blocker I've about ever seen in my life. Uh, I've been here. Uh, about the best defensive end uh, um, in the state, so. Man, what do you think about this? I mean, are you gonna are you gonna kind of see that micro battle there as kind of pivotal or what? It definitely could be, and you know, both coaches I'm sure are gonna do what they can to move guys around and, and uh, exploit favorable matchups and things like that. That's that's part of the strategy here. <clears throat> so it'll be interesting to see how often those two go at each other. Um, and yeah, I, I've been hearing that Abrams become a dominant blocker. Um, when called upon this season, and that tells me he's kind of got that mean streak going, which I've been waiting to see uh, in, throughout his career as a football player here. So that bodes really well for Winfield Mount Union. Um, but then again, you got to have him available for, for some pass, pass catching and things like that too. So, you know, this this thing could go all kinds of ways. Uh, it's it's no way fun. Well, I got the one more X factor on the Waco side, and it's Hunter Hughes. Um, what could Hunter Hughes make an interception, catch a pass, do make a tackle, do something somewhere along the line at a pivotal point that could really be something you point to uh, and say uh, Waco uh, was successful because of that? I mean, you can see I can see that happening. Um, I got Reese Oswald as a an X factor. Um, I feel like Waco hasn't had to use him a ton on offense so far, but he's there and he's big and strong, fast. Um, and we haven't talked a lot. Of, uh, at least I haven't heard people talking a lot about him this year. And he's a senior leader on this Waco Warriors team that made a lot of plays last year that kind of got overlooked because of all the, the star power names that were seniors on that team. Mm -hmm. uh, this will be a game. This will be a game for me. I think Reese will stand out in and, uh, you know, could could be uh, a major factor in in their success oh. if they're. Well, uh, is that about enough about this game? Because we got one, uh, uh, we got some other really big ones to talk about. Too. Yeah, I'm just, it's one that I don't know what else you can say about it. It's it's a just a matter of let's get to Friday, line it up, and see what happens here. All right, we're just kind of sticking with the big big marquee matchups. Uh, uh, there's some matchups we're probably not going to get to. Uh, uh, time's getting to be a factor. But here's another game that is equally as important. Um, uh, 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 you, you talk about a, 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 conference, a district championship. This is it. Columbus Wildcats host the Lisbon Lions. Uh, the Lisbon Lions got some votes uh, uh, for the top 10 this week. Um, Columbus, I think, is back in. Um, but, you know, uh, this is a big, big, big game. What are you thinking about this? Well, I think um... – well, before the season started, a lot of us look at this uh, Class A district <clears throat> and 
feel that Columbus had the, the largest uh, chance to run away with uh, winning it here, but a lot of that's going to hinge on this game, this week three game against Lisbon. Uh, Lisbon got beat up on pretty bad last season, and they're a good team. And I have no reason to think that they're not just as good this year. Uh, I think this game will be one where Columbus certainly isn't going to be sneaking up on them. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a tough one. This will probably be the district championship, but I think uh, the Pekin Panthers still have a lot to say about that. That game's looming in another week for Columbus. Uh, they got to deal with Danville this week. But uh, Lisbon's probably going to be their toughest test in the district, uh, possibly Pekin. So the Wildcats have got to really stay focused here and uh, get these wins against these two teams that, uh, starting with Lisbon, of course, first and foremost, to keep on the right track to, to grab that district championship and that that uh, that uh, easier path in the postseason that everybody wants to get. Yeah, you bet. Uh, um, I don't know what to say about the game. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be a great game. Um, Lisbon looks like they're, you know, they're, they're coming off of a, uh, a pretty deep run at the state tournament with baseball. They got a lot of talent. Um, they're already off to a good start, getting some recognition. Columbus, uh, uh, like you say, that this is the one you're going to want to win if you want to win this district. So I don't know what else to say about it. Well, we we also want to keep our eye on Caden Amagon. He is uh, under 350 yards away from setting the all-time Columbus Wildcat rushing record. And uh, I said on Twitter when I saw that uh, stat, hey, he might get that this Friday, and I think he thinks I'm joking. But here's the deal. This is probably going to be a four-quarter game, and and Caden may get to run the ball a full game's worth this Friday night, and I can see him going for 350-plus in a game like this. Uh, we'll see how it goes, uh, but I've got my fingers crossed that he gets that record this Friday. Caden, I'm already gone. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's the... I think he's the factor. I mean, he's really, I mean, I mean, if his legs will take him there, they'll win. Uh, I guess, you know, if yeah, I, I'm coming up with simple antidotes, but, but is that right? Yeah. He's the feature back. Um, Riley's going to do a lot of damage, obviously for Columbus as well. This is Caden's team on the offense. You know, it's, it's his team. He's been there all four years starting for these Wildcats, <clears throat> taking his lumps as a freshman and a sophomore. Um, last year really just bursting onto the statewide scene uh, with all he did. And this year, I know it started out rough against Minneapolis, but I think the, the, the best is ahead of him yet. And I think this Friday night, uh, because it's a good opponent that could very well make them Wildcats play four quarters, which is what Coach Lechla wants. Um, I think this is one of those that could really get him uh, some – some stats that uh, you'll see his name plastered all over statewide papers and things like that. I'm, I'm hopeful for that. I wish I could be at this one. I can't believe they had to schedule this game, which I did get to see last year on the same night as Waco Winfield Mount Union, but that's the way it goes. Yeah. It's uh, um, when I saw this, I was like, you know, man, this is um, it's tough that it's got to split it with the, the attention with that, but it's, it's equally a, a big a game, I think. Uh, well, uh, We'll kind of, uh, I got one more here uh, that I want to talk about. And then if there's something else you want to talk about, um, uh, uh, I mean, there's a couple more. We might briefly mention the second one, but 
Uh, well, I guess there's a couple here that are, are pretty good marquee matchups. Uh, one with a sponsored team, and that's the Pekin Panthers, and I want to mention their sponsors. Henshaw Trailer Sales, uh, Richardson's Tech Solutions, Farmers Co-op, Vision Ag, uh, Packwood Locker, uh, um, uh, and Iowa Tire. And they're also a sponsor of the Van Buren Warriors, and I forgot to mention that. But they're, they're, they're the Van Buren Warriors, Fairfield Trojans, Pekin Panthers. Uh, lots and lots of support here for the Pekin Panthers. Uh, uh, but this game... I've got my eye on this game. Uh, the Danville Bears kind of showed me something last week. Uh, they showed me a little something. They're, they're no cupcake here. Uh, uh, you said Pika needs to make a statement win. Would this qualify? I think so. Um, and it depends on how it goes. They made a pretty good statement last week. This one here, um, I feel like uh, – Maybe not so much now, but people would assume again that Danville being a, a new standalone team again over there, that this would be a, a rough year for them getting things started and, and all that. But it hasn't been, and it's not going to be. Uh, they're very competitive. They're very talented. So it'll be a tough game for Pekin, and uh, Clint, Coach Weber knows it. Um, I heard that in the podcast uh, interview you did with him most recently after that last uh, – Friday night, and uh, he, he knows this is going to be a battle and that they're going to go up against some really stellar athletes down there at Danville. Or this might be a peak, and I'm not sure who's home. It's a peak, it's a peak and home game. Okay, well, that gives them the advantage. And uh, once again, the home field advantage can be a big deal. And I've seen it work real well in peaking before in my history. Uh, I've been to plenty of games there. Well, but uh, uphill climb for Danville here. But Pekin's is certainly a trap game. They don't want to get caught looking ahead to somebody else. Yeah, um, uh, there's a little bit of film on Danville, you know, but just two games. So there's really a limited amount of game planning you can do against them, isn't there? Um, at this level of football, I, I don't think so. Two games in, I think uh, if we were talking about a couple of playoff teams maybe, but this early in the season, I think uh, – Coach Weber and his staff will get all they need to out of a couple of weeks worth of, on Danville. I, I can't imagine Danville is going to change a whole ton of things week to week, you know, as they're getting their footing um, this season. But uh, I could be wrong. But I, I don't know. I think I think Pekin's going to know what to expect. Now it's just going to be a matter of going out there, matching up, and, and doing what they got to do to get the win. Well, uh, um, I got another marquee matchup I'll throw at you real quick here. We don't talk a lot about this game, but it's a uh, I do. I, I like this game. This is one of these teams going to get their season going. Uh, and that's the Wapo Indians traveling over to Louisa Muscatine. That's a short trip. Uh, they'll have a big crowd. They've had a couple tough games, but uh, I see a lot that I like in the Wapo Indians. I don't know much about Louisa Muscatine. I don't think they've won yet, though. Uh, uh, you got any thoughts on that game? Um, Louisa Muscatine still kind of in the same boat they've been in. Uh, a little bit like Van Buren, at least they get dropped down to Class A. Um, I just don't think it's going to help them much. I think they're, you know, just going to be overmatched against Wapolo. Wapolo is pretty darn good. They've they've had a, a really rough schedule right out of the gate. Um, so it's not shown on the scoreboard or in the in the uh, win column. But I think that'll change big time Friday night. I think this is one of those games where they got to be licking their chops going in. And uh, I expect the Indians to put up some pretty big numbers Friday night. Well, uh, uh, I'll just throw this other one out at you real quick uh, uh, and see if somebody gets off the snide here. 
if you think Johnny Bowen or, uh, can get his first win against the Tipton Tigers over in Tipton for the Mount Pleasant Panthers? I don't know anything about Tipton. Uh, I don't know if they're a you know, state-ranked team or anything like that. Um, I don't know if they're playoff caliber or what their history is recently. I know nothing. I know that Mount Pleasant is the bigger school. I know that Mount Pleasant has shown us uh, that they've got a little more firepower than we thought they might have early on this season, even with the low numbers and, and whatnot. They've got some quality players there, and I do expect them to uh, not go winless this year. And I think this is a game they could get. Well, that's, that's good. Well, uh, there's only one other team, and I don't even, can't quite remember where they play, but uh, this team hasn't uh, uh, won. But uh, Western Doug's drug of uh, Wilton and Muscatine sponsor the Wilton Beavers. And uh, uh, I don't want to ask you anything about the game, but I have some breaking news about the Wilton Beavers if you're interested. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Well, uh, you and I have, have become pretty big fans of Owen Hassel. Uh, and I have been trying to find an appropriate nickname for him. Uh-oh. And I have come up with one. Let's see listen. if you, you approve of this. But we're going to go with the baby-faced assassin. What do you think? All right. Uh, uh, I, forget, I forget which gangster that refers to <laughs> in American <laughs> lore. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was a baseball player they called that, uh, the baby-faced okay. assassin. I can't even quite remember. But I heard I heard that, and I says, you know, he does have a baby face, but uh, there ain't nothing uh, uh, but unbelievable running and cutting back, and his numbers are phenomenal this year. And uh, he was a great running back uh, last year, and he stepped it up another gear this year. Uh, you got any thoughts on on uh, Owen Hassel? Well, Owen's a, been a workhorse so far. I just had to pull up the stats uh, two games in here. And he's rushed the ball almost 50 times already this year. 47 carries on the season in two games. Man, that's that's doing. That's not something you see a lot anymore. Uh, when I was young, I remember watching some of our local fullbacks tote the ball 30 to 40 times a game, and that was nothing. You know, that was normal on a Friday night. But uh, you don't see that too much anymore. Owens toted it 47 times, um, approaching 300 yards rushing. He's got five touchdowns on the season, right at six yards per carry. Uh, you know, there's a there's a, another argument for never throwing the ball when you got a kid that can get you six yards of carry and he's carrying it that many times with his quarterback there, Drew Keith, averaging over ten yards of carry. So Wilton's getting it done on the ground, and uh, Owen, the baby-faced assassin, <laughs> he's a uh, he's a big reason why. Yeah, he is a big reason why Wilton's off to a flying start, and uh, um, I expect them to be three and zero going into week four. Yeah, I'm trying to see who they got here. Uh, looks like Comanche, and I don't know anything about Comanche, but I expect Wilton to be three and zero at the end of Friday night. Well, yeah, um, Comanche um, uh, hasn't. I don't think they got any wins yet. Uh, um, from I remember from talking to the coach, um, uh, I don't really know all the teams that they play. They don't really roll off the tongue for me. But uh, well, let's let's uh, just real quick. We won't do the deep dive, but I pulled it up. They played Al Burnett a week ago. who's a very quality. Uh, you know, class A program there. Of course, Comanche is 2A. I guess Albernet's 1A now. Uh, but Albernet only beat them 28-21, so Comanche may be uh, – Well, well they got, they're going to be a little tougher game than, than your yeah. – I think it'll be competitive. They should be competitive. I still think Wilton will overwhelm them. But, uh, yeah, this could be a decent game. Well, Wilton's defense hasn't given up a point this season. So, yeah. uh 
Well, we'll see. Maybe that is a lot better matchup. See, that's why I have you on the show, Scotty. You're so much smarter than me. Well, well, matter of bouncing around bound if you can get it to load. <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle with all that crazy stuff. And I was trying to find out who they were playing. I couldn't figure it out. So, well, um, anything else before we uh, uh, call this an episode? No, I think that's it. Uh, you'd asked about Moravia at the very beginning there. The one thing I want to say for them, uh, and again, I don't know if they've got any you know, juniors that are trying to, they're trying to develop playing on that, but they looked awfully fast and had a couple of big kids. So Moravia's future looking pretty good there based off that JV game. Um, you know, but Waco looks like they've, they've got some more players coming too. So well, if, you, good hands. if you are a fan of uh, things West of Sigourney, um, your hero, your white knight on a riding horse, uh, uh, coming to save you from your emotional uh be your emotional rescue there uh i screwed that rolling stones reference up pretty bad but jacob lenzendorf of ktvo is he wanted to wait three weeks to assess where things were so he could give us kind of a and and uh um i don't disagree with him on that but uh if you want the albia the centervilles the moravias the atumwas uh all of that type of stuff the centerville big reds uh uh he's the man and uh he's seen peaking live too uh that's in our school and he covers sk so he'll have some stuff to talk about them so uh uh i'm really excited about getting him uh into the mix and we're going to get ryan timmerman back and i think we're going to get try to get a, rep- a report from dubuque and stuff but scotty thank you so much for being with us uh i know you're anxious to get to bed so I'll let you close things out if you got any message for our listeners. Hey, it's going to be a great Friday night. Things are really starting to heat up uh, this football season. It's hard to believe we're already about to hit the third weekend. Get out to a game if you can. I think the weather's going to be really great, um, and the kids love seeing us there. That that I can't stress enough. I cannot tell you how many times that just being there, if you happen to come across the kids after the game or whatever, congratulate them on a win or tell them nice job, whatever, they, without a doubt, will tell you thanks for coming, and that means a lot. So get out there and support them. If you them kids love having the, the, the fans in the stands. That's what they do it for. That's why they're breaking their hump all week long to, yep. uh, uh, to, to show you something. And if you can get to one of these games, one of these JV games, uh, I, I hope we're covering it with you. I know I'm not getting to everything, but uh, – by God, we're getting everything we can, and uh, we're working as hard as we can. I want to thank all our sponsors, and uh, thank you, Scotty, for being with us tonight. No problem. Can't wait for Friday. Flintcliffe Manufacturing is a full-service metal fabrication shop located in beautiful Burlington, Iowa. Flintcliffe is now hiring for welders, painters, and machine operators for both first and second shifts. Call 319-752-2718.